It's your old chuckle buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramtran reporting live for duty. July 16th, 2018. Welcome to Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast. A little James Brown there. Gets in my soul. Soul brother number one. When you walk down the street, you look up and you say, You're goddamn right, I'm somebody. I love James Brown. And, uh... I, had, I didn't have the heart to erase them off my iPod. I've been, <laughs> I got an iPod shuffle that I've been rocking since... Uh, damn, they built those things like a brick house. She's a brick! That's not James Brown, but... Um, I got an iPod shuffle from, like... What year? Like, uh... I don't know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, um... 2011. Yeah, this iPod shuffle. It's a motherfucker. It's still kicking. Takes a lick and keeps on ticking. Looks great. And um, I rock it sometimes with my workouts. And um, damn, the workouts have been coming along good, though. You know? Been coming along real good. Um, you know, uh, over the last year and eight months, I've just been working out a lot. And um, I went for, like, I got up at the crack of dawn yesterday. Right. And, uh, you know, today I got to take it easy. I'm recording, you know, I try to work out every other day. So today I'm uh, sorry. Yesterday, rather, I woke up at the crack of dawn, 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning. I guess this is going to be delivered on a Tuesday. So it wasn't quite yesterday in the storyline. If you dig what I'm saying, pretend as if yesterday was really Monday because you're getting this on Tuesday. <laughs> but um, yeah, I woke up yesterday, I guess uh, Sunday morning as it is today, Monday. I woke up yesterday and um, fuck, I got up at the crack of dawn. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man, it's on. And I, and I got up and I stretched and um, I listened to some music and then I just went for a fucking rip. Right, I'm running in the park, right? And um, real blessed jog. You know, got up with the sun and um, I went for a run. And I just got to thinking, like, you know, when I was, I had a lot of body image issues when I was younger, right? Because I had a sister who was kind of a bitch. And, uh, you know, I can't blame her. It was like how we were raised. Like, I don't even blame her for it, right? Like, um, I see how my mother was so mean to her or mean-spirited with her depression issues, my mother. So it all it was all like shit running downhill. So my sister was pretty shitty to me. I was pretty shitty to my younger brother. And, um, you know, like in most families, shit never got fixed. Just kind of remained that way. But because of that, you know, not to blame uh, anyone in particular, it's just how it was. I had a lot of body image issues 
Cause my my sister used to say things to me like, "You're fat and ugly, and no one will ever love you, and you'll never change. Once you're that fat, you're just that fat for life, and you'll never grow out of it." Doctors say that when you're that fat, you just stay that way. And I guess I was pretty fat. I mean, like I wasn't that fat. It's not like I was like um, I was just you know I was pleasantly plump, as they say, and um, a little rotund child, and um, I don't know, a little chubby, whatever. But um, it got in my head like, oh, I got a bad body, and oh, I can never be athletic. So like, I was always shy to do athletics. I even though I did, like, I played soccer and floor hockey and um, street ball and shit like that, um, bike rides with my friends. I never really went in for sports because of like body images issues, and also like um, just uh, I'm kind of a loner. It's kind of strange. I'm like I'm an extrovert introvert. Like I got extreme extroverted tendencies because I'm a performer, right? Like I'm, you know, you can't get any more um, extroverted than being a performer. No matter how cute and coy and quaint they try to play it, you know, oh, he's just a, oh, he's just a troubled artist. You know, you see some like, you know, I like Hosier, you know that singer Hosier? I know this girl who's like obsessed with him. I don't really know her, but I worked with her. She she loves him. Take me to church. Tell me your sins and I will sharpen my knife. Take me to church. Hosier, you know, he tries to play that shit, you know, all cute and coy and quaint and introverted and twisted dark artist or some shit give me a break you know when you're when you're an extrovert you want attention well maybe you don't want it but you're you're comfortable with it right or maybe i'm just talking out of my ass maybe that is how some uh, people deal with being extremely introverted is to go towards extroverted activities i don't know but basically like um I never really got into sports so much because I'm kind of a introvert in that way. Like, you got to be able to play. And, like, I never was played with, <laughs> thank God. But, like, I, I was never, like, played with. You know what I'm talking about. Like, um, like my mother, like I said, she was depressive. My sister was just really, uh, you know, she was a troubled young lady. She was. And um, so... Have like you know I never played with my siblings. I don't really like we we fought a lot, but we never like played like like, like good times. Oh, take your it like chasing each other around or whatever or like um. My mother never played with us or cuddled us or hugged us and shit. So like, I was just introverted. I I always like you know like sometimes I'd be at school and like take your it. I just like look at them. Are you fucking with me like? Don't fucking touch me. No, I wasn't that, like, uh, you know, dour about it. But, like, I just, I didn't like playing, you know? Like, I wanted to, but, like, I just always felt, like, uh, kind of introverted. Even though I would open my mouth and crack jokes. Teacher's a cunt. Or, like, whatever. Say shit, right? But, like, it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't really, um, I don't know. It just never really dawned on me that I had a body and that um, everybody has a body. You can always um, amplify your body. It doesn't matter, like, I mean, unless you're unfortunate and 
you know, you're severely disabled or you've suffered a tragic accident, you can always amplify the level of your body. You can get healthy, you can get strong, and um, you would be amazed what you can do with your body. I totally believe that. You know what I mean? It's really in how you carry yourself. It's really in how far you're willing to go to have a... to to live your life and claim what is yours, your body, your health, your mind, your soul, your spirit. It's all yours. So, um, yeah, when I was doing my workout, um, crack of dawn, Sunday morning, I was going for a jog and, you know, I was like thinking to myself, like, damn, like, like my lungs are good, you know, and my, my body's feeling pretty good and I'm going around this field and I'm thinking like, you know, if, like I remember just as a young as a youngin just feeling like I didn't have any um physical power, I guess. I don't know. But then like fear is such a motivating power too when it comes to like body, right? Like the fear of um ridicule or um let's yeah, ridicule. That's a big motivator because I remember like I was feeling real insecure going into high school, like holy fuck, like um how am I going to manage this, right? Like, you know, gym class, you always see on like, um, you know, in movies, right? The, the gym class teacher, he's like a fucking dictator, you know? You like sucking dick, don't you? Bullshit, I bet you can suck a garden ball through a garden hose. Yeah. How tall are you, private? 5'10"? I didn't know they stacked shit that high. I will rip off your head and shit down your neck. You know, like complete sociopaths, right? Give me 20. I can't even do 12. You motherfucker. He's just screaming in your face, right? And like, I was like, I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know if I can hack this bullshit, right? But then like a strange thing happened. Like I got into gym class and all of a sudden, like I was like, you know, I was the star of the fucking class. Because like most kids, when they get to high school, they're like, um, you know, already socialized in the whole like physical shit. So like... A lot of my classmates, I knew they were better athletes, but they, they didn't give a fuck about class. They're like, ah, fuck class, whatever. Show up, and they had these attitudes and shit, right? Meanwhile, I was scared shitless, right? They're like, go and give me 10 laps around the fucking goalpost, the teacher, right? And I would do them. I'd be like the only one in class doing them. I'm like, how come nobody's running? And I'm just fucking breezing by these motherfuckers, right? And the teacher's like, you got a good run to you, boy. <laughs> you got some good gams on you, son. They're strong and swift and sure. You got some good gams on you. And I'm just like, thanks. And I'm just like ripping it around these goalposts. Everybody else was just dragging their nuts, right? But I didn't understand why. But I guess it's because um, sometimes you discount yourself even when it's not true. Yeah. <laughs> so like, um, I don't know, just feeling really grateful and fortunate for this... Um, you know, don't get me wrong, I ain't setting the world on fire with anything that, uh, I'm setting my world on fire is what I'm doing, you know what I mean? Like, I feel great, you know, I feel like I'm in shape, and I'm like, I'm planning to start doing shit, like, I want to eventually start doing marathons, that'd be dope, you know? Come flying in, like, um, you know, breaking a tape with my arms in the air, take a picture, put it on Facebook, like... That'd be dope, man. I'm going to run a marathon, maybe. Take some swimming lessons, you know. Uh, Never learned how to swim. You know that Funkadelic song? Oh, no. 
I can't swim. Oh, I never know. I never learned how to swim. Oh, put me down. Put me down. Oh, no. Never learned how to swim. Never learned how to swim. <laughs> I forget the words of it, but it's like Funkadelic, you know, Parliament, George Clinton, Bootsy Collins, P-Funk. Are you down? Right? But, uh, you know, I never learned how to swim, so I want to take that up here. Um, and some, like, uh, I was thinking about some, uh, maybe some kickboxing, right? Learn how to throw a few punches and kicks. Just because, you know, um, not because, like, not even because, like, to be honest with you, I don't like, well, do I like, I guess, you know, MMA, that type of stuff's pretty cool. But it's also very violent and, in my mind, almost... Just too violent, really. Like, I I hate to use the word pointless because I know it's a thing that maybe I just don't understand because I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, a fighter. But it's just a little too violent, though I do want to learn some shit, right, just in case someone fucks with me, right? Like, it's never, it's always, it's always too violent until it happens to you. That's how I feel, right? Like... You know, it's like, well, why are they kicking and punching each other? But like, if I ever need to, I want to know how, right? You know, back the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. If you get smacked, the fuck up. Or, you know. <laughs> Can you feel me on that? So, like, you know, I'm going to learn how to kick a man in the head. Dismantle him by the throat, you know. And, uh, you know. Plus, I got a lot of, like, delusions now that I've been working out a lot. Like, I think I can, like, really fuck the world up, you know. Not fuck the world up, but you know what I mean. Tear up a, tear up some new ground in my world where I'm just like you know, just a fucking beast mode or something, right? I'm feeling good, so don't try to take that away from me, and I won't try to take that away from myself. No problem. So yeah, man, I had a blessed workout, and um, also. Yeah, a couple new interesting uh, music selections, you know, like I was talking about Soul Brother number one, James Brown. <gasps> static. No, static. Don't start nothing. Won't be nothing. <gasps> I love James Brown, right? And I got like fucking like, I got probably like 60, well, not 60, like 40 songs of his on my iPod. And I was going through it trying to clear up some space for some new uh, music. And I'm like, ah, shit, I couldn't. I can't, I can't, like, I got, I need my, I need my fucking, uh, James Brown, right, I need it, so, uh, I keep it on there, I feel good, I knew that I would now, bewildered, I lost someone, yeah, man, uh, so, like, I ain't deleting no James Brown, but, um, I deleted some other fucking things, right, and, uh, but I got a couple new albums, well, not a couple new, just one, I got a new, uh, it's not even, it's like, it came out last September, uh, I believe, according to iTunes, uh, Prophets of Rage, you know them, uh, the three-piece, uh, the bass, the drummer, and the guitarist from Rage Against the Machine, and, uh, Chuck D, Be Real, Chuck D from Public en- Enemy, and, uh, Be Real from Cypress Hill, they have like this uh, project called uh, Prophets of Rage. So I gripped that I, that new album. That's new to me. P- 
put it on the old iPod. And um, Queens of the Stone Age, I just got into them for the first time in a while. And one thing I like about those two bands, especially, um, I guess, more so back to the Rage guys, guys from Rage Against the Machine, is like that's all funk orientated, right? Like I just love funk music because it's like it can it can rock, it can roll, it can um, chill out, it can like you can put any style to it, right? It's like to me, it's like the most diverse type of music. Because, like, it can be rocking, it could be R&B, it could be metal, it could be punk, it could be reggae. Like, funk, it's just about keeping that groove, right? And that's what, like, Prophets of Rage or Queens Against the Stone Age, like, it's all, like, groove-based, right? Like, meaning they just, they lock down on a groove, and then they have, like, um, riffs in there and shit, which is, like, I don't know, kind of what I like. Very, uh basic structure right and they funk it up with different fucking little like um trills and hammer-ons pull-offs and just little rhythmic patterns and shit and different pedals and stuff distortion pedals whatever sound effects i don't know if you call them sound effects or we call them noise effects i don't know whatever but like you know i'm definitely into that funk shit so Yeah, feeling good on that front. Some good new musical selections for my eardrums. So, uh, Trump and Putin sitting in a tree. <laughs> sitting in a tree? K-I-S-S-I-K-G-B. Sitting in a tree, Trump and Putin. Putin. Yeah, those assholes were in um, Helsinki, Finland, uh, recently. I don't know what. It was just like a meet and greet to talk shit and try to be cute. I forget why they even met. Just a one-on-one to discuss uh, further relations or whatever. You know, I was reading an article um, about that. And it's like, um, you know, what the fuck's up with Trump fucking sidestepping the issue that Russia is being like heavily investigated and pretty much proven to be um, mixed up with, a whole, with the whole 2016 um, elections rigging, you know, that, uh, you know, got Trump into um, the White House to begin with. Sidestepping it. And even when I read it the first time back in like oh, uh, 2016, I remember just thinking like, what? How could they do that? And how can we just let that go as a society, as a democracy? Like, how can you let this... It's kind of like the same thing with Bush when that happened, when he stole the election. It's like, how do you steal elections? Like, as a democracy, as a society, isn't there, isn't there any real pushback other than just to talk about it? It's just, it blew my mind. It's like, you hear it once, isn't that as much as you need to hear about it? And it's been in the news, it's been in discussion ever since he's been in office, right? The whole um, Russian election scandal. So he's over there glad-handing with Putin, making buddies with Putin, making buddies with fucking Kim Jong-un, and apparently shitting on all his, um, you know, he's shitting on the Canadians for sure with the tariffs, you know, the aluminum and steel trade tariffs, acting like a real cuckold. And I don't know, man. It's just, I get why people really get depressed about him. It's just like, 
insufferable to a point. Well, no, it's more, for me, it's more, well, I guess, I don't know, insufferable. Insufferable means you can't bear it, right? I don't know. For me, it's more like I can bear it, but it's less like, what else can, like, it's almost like, what else can you do? Like, why, not even helpless. It's just like, you just shake your head in nonsense, is how I feel about it. I mean, I don't even know what to say about it. It's just like, if, if, like, what can you say about it is the pro, is what I'm saying. <laughs> why say anything is what I'm saying. Like, why am I even saying this? It's like, the evidence is there. It's been proven. It's been talked about. We all know it. The election was stolen. But yet it's like, well, holdedly home. No, uh, uh, no, um, fake news. Um, as you'll see, they had a very minor um, role in uh, the election landslide. Um, but that's just the Dems for you. Uh, no, uh, uh, no. Uh, it's all just a witch hunt. And like, it's unbelievable how it's just like swept under the rug. And it's like, why even talk about it? What can you do? The powerlessness you feel. You know, rage, prophets of rage thing about that. Hail to the chief who stole the election like a thief in the night. Hail to the chief. I don't know. That was like one of the songs on uh, the new album, Prophets of Rage. Hail to the chief. And um, Putin, that fucking swarmy smug face sack of shit. I was looking at him, looking him in the face. KGB officer. Um, that guy has so many murders and fucking shit underneath his belt. His fucking third degree black belt. That like, it's just unbelievable, man. That's a fucking gangster. Can't you see it in those fucking shark eyes of his? He's out there annexing countries, states. Fucking authoritarian sack of shit. But yet, you know, whatever. He was just over there hosting the fucking um, World Cup. That's what I read in the article, you know. Having stopped in for the World Cup series, he flew hours later to go meet with President Trump to discuss whatever the fuck, that's all, folks, to discuss whatever they discussed. Whoops. <clears throat> Bumped into the microphone. But it's just like, I don't have anything intelligent to say. A lot of people ask my opinion about it. Not my, you know, like, you know, it comes up in discussion sometimes, and it's just like, I don't even know what to say. It's like, what do you believe, really? I mean, I believe that these are people that did that. I believe that it happened. The election was rigged. I believe that Trump's a piece of shit. And I believe that Putin's a fucking criminal. These are what I believe, but like, what's, what is that going to do? I, um, <clears throat> I don't know. Like, seriously, what is that going to do? <laughs> if 
you have any questions or feedback on that issue, just email. That's jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you feel about a world where, um, you know, democracy, alleged democracy where you live, if you live in a democracy. What am I even talking about? You know, I said a world of democracy. <laughs> democracy barely even exists within um, the nations that it claims that uh, adhere to it exists to on a level, I guess, you know, I mean, there's still a lot of freedoms that we do have. As Westerners, if you're a Westerner, or as a democratic country, if you have that. But, um, generally speaking, people with power want to hold on to it, and, uh, yeah, that's basically it. (laughs) And, um, you know, you can have your little peasant uh, creature comforts, you know, let them go to McDonald's once a year, let them buy clothes from H&M for $7 while a roof caves in on some fucking Bangladeshi child's head, let them, uh, you know, buy their albums on iTunes and hear songs that preach the gospel of power for the people, but at the end of the day, it does nothing. But some of the cute shit that I've been having in my life lately was um, I was sitting um, before a show last night. I was off to do some stand-up comedy. Blessing. Yeah, man. Blessing. I love stand-up. I was out to do a stand-up show last night, and um, I was sitting there, and I was doing some writing. And this sweet old lady, she walks by, right, and uh, she's got this little dog with her, like a Pomeranian. You know those ones, right? Little bug-eyed, little fluff balls, cute as a button. It's walking by, shuffling by. Fucking cute little beady eyes just staring at me. And, um, you know, she's talking to her, you know. She's like, come on, sweetie. So then, then, you know, I'm like, oh, it's a cute dog you got, miss. And she goes, oh, thank you. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, it's my baby. So then she parks down next to me. She sits down on the bench next to me, and she's, um, you know, I don't know. She's feeding the dog, right? And she goes in her purse, and she's got these little treats for the dog, right? And... The dog's just so obediently sitting there waiting for a treat, right? Just adorable. <laughs> so then um, the old lady, she kind of turns to me. And she starts talking a little bit, you know. Oh, you know, uh, yeah, you know, uh, she's 11 years old. I'm like, wow, 11, huh? This little Pomeranian was pushing it, right? Like, But it, that's funny. They still look very young because I thought it was a puppy, right? But then I noticed it, it moved really slow and was kind of chubby. And I was, like, looking at this thing, right? And I was like, oh, wow, 11 years old. I didn't know they could live that long, right? <laughs> Little Pomeranian. And um, she's like, yeah, me and, uh, me and my baby here, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're going to go to, we're going to go to, um, where are we going to go? Oh, yeah, we're going to go to uh, A&W. Do you, have you gone to the new A&W around the corner here? And I was like, oh, no, I haven't. I didn't want to, like, get into the fact that, like, I'm a pescatarian. I don't eat meat other than fish from time to time or eggs. I didn't want to get into that, right? So I'm just like, uh, oh, no, no, I haven't been there in a while. Why? Is it? She goes, oh, yeah, it's a new A&W they opened up. And, uh, you know, it's pretty good. But, um, you know, I wish they would, um, I wish they would um, warm up the, 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 the hamburgers a little more. Because, like, sometimes I'll get a, a Papa Burger 
And um, I, I always just get ketchup and mustard on it. I don't put all that gunk on it that, you know, it comes with. You know, I just, unless it's like a pickle or a tomato. But like, no, just, I don't like all that gunk. But they're not warm enough, right? And sometimes you're hungry and just gobble it up. But they're not, just, they're not warm enough. I was like, oh, yeah, wow. So then I started thinking, like, what can I add to this conversation? I'm like, I try to be, like, selfless about it, right? Because a part of me was kind of bored. I'm like, oh, my God, like, A&W. But then I'm thinking, like, what in the fuck else is there to talk about? Putin? Donald Trump? You know, it's like, isn't that what it all comes down to at the end of the day? It's like survival, like eating food and enjoying food, you know? And, you know, just that's just... What it is between people, taking the time to talk and, you know, swap a few food stories, I guess. So I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, there's this new uh, we- uh, Wendy's. I told her about this new Wendy's that opened up by my store, by, by my house. I'm like, yeah, there's a new Wendy's down the street or whatever. You can try getting a burger there. They might be okay. She goes, yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will, you know. I might go have a burger or something. I'm like, yeah, you know, go have a burger. You know, go treat yourself or whatever, right? So then um, she uh, she goes, well, thank you. Well, me and Foxy, you got to go now. The dog's name was Foxy, right? Come on, Foxy. And they start walking off, right? And, you know, it was a nice, pleasant little conversation. And, you know, I'm getting back into that because... Um, you know, it's not really me to want to talk to people lately, right? It's like um, just getting sober. Well, not just getting sober. Like I'm a year and eight months. But um, it's still fairly new in my life and still shaking off some of the dust of the past. And, you know, it's an antisocial behavior to like really go down a rabbit hole with an addiction or, you know, an alcoholic like myself. Like um, just shaking off the dusts of that, you know, like, you don't really want to talk to people when you're in that world, you really don't, at least I didn't, I mean, they call it antisocial behavior, so I'm just learning how to, like, just talk to people, like, just have a fun little whimsical conversation about which place in town has the best burgers, and I thought it was so cool that, yeah, you know, she's an old-ass lady, and this is an old-ass dog, but they're both very excited about, you know, going for a walk, and, you know, Where's a good place to get a burger? Like, you know, like, the small things in life, right? It doesn't have to be this big, monumental, blah, 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 you know, like, just talking. It kind of reminded me of, um, just to talk, and how important that is, uh, as I talk here. And, um, you know, I patched things up with the colonel. If you're familiar with my podcast, um, I told you, um, one of my mentors in my sobriety, um, he's this elderly man. We called the uh, the Colonel. How's it going, son? Hey, there you are, son. How you doing, son? You doing really good. You doing really good, son. You've been real nice and sober. The Colonel, right? Well, you know, he ruffled my feathers um, two weeks ago, or yeah, well, about uh, yeah, like about a week ago. He ruffled my feathers, right? Like I, I set up the meeting, right? I I put I, like I set up the speakers the microphone and everything, right? So the colonel comes in one day, right? And he's my mentor, and he always, you know, you're doing really good, son. You know, he gives encouragement and little whimsical anecdotes and pieces of advice and shit, right? So I listen to it because he's like my elder and stuff, right? But sometimes he just gets on my nerves, right? And, um, you know, 
he, he goes off the, uh, about a week ago. He starts like fiddling with like the microphone, right? I set up the microphone and the speaker, right? And I go over to him. I'm like, Colonel, calm down. Just leave it alone. Like it's set up. Don't worry about it. So then he was like all mad at me and shit, right? So I go over to him. I'm like, hey, Colonel. So how, how's your week? How's your week been, Colonel? And he goes, oh, it's been good. Gives me the old fucking cold shoulder, right? He usually, like, chats it up with me and giggles and shit, right? So I'm like, okay. So then, um, but we patched things up. You know, it was just a, you know, I, I guess, whatever. He was being annoying. I was being um, controlling, I guess. I mean, I, it was, I didn't have to say what I said to him, but it was just annoying. It was just like the common sense thing. Like, why are you fucking with this? But if it makes somebody happy, why should I even say anything, right? Whatever, just let it be. So um, it was no big deal. I was kind of wondering about it, right? Because it seemed like he was really upset with me or something. But, you know, we, we patched it up. I saw him yesterday, and he goes, hey, How's it going, son? How's it going? Then he proceeded to talk to me about Hank Williams with gusto. Did you know that Hank Williams in 1942 recorded an album called Baby Got Blues? And uh, did you know in 1948, uh, uh, Hank Williams, uh, he, he recorded an album called uh, The Soul He Never Gave? And he's just like giving me all these like Hank Williams facts, which is fascinating because like, like I said, I like music and shit, right? But like, uh, you know, I was just like, oh, wow. Water off a duck's ass. Me and the colonel are friends again. So that was a blessing. And, um, you know, oh, yes, I could tell you guys this before I get out of here. Um, I guess what a lot of this is that I'm talking about is um, getting more comfortable and being happy with the blessing of what's going on now. I guess to sum it up, you know, like um, at the gig last night, I bumped into an old, um, I guess you can call her a colleague. She's a comedian. Um, she's a comedian that I knew when I first started out back in Edmonton. And um, I didn't, you know, I didn't really know her other than just, you know, from doing shows in Edmonton. But, um, you know, I bumped into her on the street here in Toronto. I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going, so-and-so, and blah, blah, blah. We start talking. She was all teary-eyed and stuff, right? And she, I was like kind of looking at her, right? I'm like, oh, what the fuck? She goes, oh, sorry, sorry, you know, I, I just came from this uh, film shoot. Uh, it's like a documentary talking about, um, you know, um, border issues, right? And, um, you know, turns out she got denied entrance. Like, she's got, like, a, some kind of flag on her travel visa to the United States because of some bureaucratic nonsense and blah, blah, blah. And it was really frustrating for her. And she said that every time she talks about it, as part of the documentary she spoke on, um, it frustrates her because um, she, can, she can't work abroad. And, um, you know, my fr I didn't say anything. I was going to say, oh, you know, that's how it goes sometimes or whatever. Like, I, but I tried to just listen. Like, you know, sometimes you don't want to give... Like, why give advice? You just, sometimes you just got to listen, right? So I'm just listening, right? I'm like, okay. And, it, and also, too, it's really easy for me to go like, oh, well, that's just how it is or whatever. And that's how the career goes up and down or whatever. Because, you know, like, um, I fucked up a lot in my career. Like, I really did. Like, um, when I was out there drinking and shit like that, like, I went through five years where I just, I kind of, I put my career at a halt. I was just too twisted up with the alcohol that... I wasn't doing anything, and, you know, the career suffered. Whereas she, 
from all accounts, I don't really know her that well, but it seemed like she had a lot of things going for her where she was getting work abroad and, you know, this was a blow to her because, you know, it's it's her livelihood and it's affecting all the things she worked really hard for. So it's a bit of a leap for me to say to her, oh, don't worry about it, whatever, it's ups and downs. Well, what the fuck, you know, what's mine based on, right? What am I saying? What's it based on? Like, she actually suffered for this, right? And you could see it in her eyes. She was all fucking teary-eyed and shit. And, um, you know, we talked, I listened and whatever. And um, then, uh, you know, we good seeing you, good seeing you. And she went on her way. And it just got me thinking, like... Um, you know, just how fortunate I am today for where I am in that I don't, like, it, it always looks good from the outside looking in with people, right? I see it a lot of times in my meetings, too. You, you got all sorts of people get up there and they, you know, they're seemingly fine on the outside or whatever. And inside, a lot of shit's going on, you know? Mr. Uh, fucking uh, GQ with the fucking Mercedes and the fucking big career job. You know, he could feel like an ant inside, right? Or, the you know, same thing with the woman. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's talented. She, you know, like some businesswoman or whatever, right? I'm talking about what if she has all these things, but inside she feels like an ant or whatever, right? And, you know, I'm just kind of relieved of a lot of that, you know? And I just... Because, like, to be truthful to myself as well, like, I had a lot of opportunities that I burnt up and pissed away. And I can feel like a piece of shit if I want to wallow about it. and But I don't. I'm just kind of like, you know what? It is what it is. And I am where I am. And whatever. I didn't, I didn't feel like I felt really mature in the conversation without being condescending. I was like, okay, I understand. You're going through frustrations and it sucks and blah, blah, blah. And I just was thinking to myself, thank God I don't worry that way anymore it doesn't own me like that you're never going to see me cry about my career i don't give a fuck (laughs) like it's it's going to either happen or not you know if you love something let it go if it comes back to you it's yours if it doesn't then it never was (laughs) i was thinking about that too it's like what happens if i pursue this shit for another 40 years right and then you know i retire and then 10 years later i'm on my deathbed and it's just like really I guess it never was. (laughs) All that fucking hard work and it never was. But like, you can't let it control you, right? Because by the same token, at the exact spot where I bumped into this lady, um, this old colleague of mine, uh, I I bumped into another comedian, like, um, this was like maybe a month ago or something, right? I bumped into this comic and he was like a fairly new comic. He was like, I don't know, maybe four years into it. And he was going on and on too, right? Oh, when am I going to get it in my career? And, you know, like, fuck, like, I get so depressed sometimes and it sucks and you're out here doing these fucking mics and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yo, man, I feel you. Like, I've been doing it for 10 fucking years. And um, it sucks, man. You you know, you, you're just out here busting your hump and it seems like nobody cares, right? I understand, you know? And he's going on, oh, you know, and he was talking real morbid shit about, like, comics who offed themselves because they never felt appreciated. He's bringing up guys like Richard Jenning and, like, fucking Robert, or sorry, Robin Williams, like, talking real, like, Debbie Downer shit. And I said to him, you know, man, you got a lot to be blessed for. You're four years into it. You're young. You're out there. You're fucking 
networking, you're meeting people, like, just take it day by day, man. Like, it's not a big fucking deal. At the end of the day, it's a fucking performance. It's your old chuckle buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramtram reporting live for duty on this July. 16th, 2018. Feeling very fortunate to be um, just in good spirits doing what I do, you know? Um, hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Send me in your questions, send me in your queries, send me in your qualms. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Um, I got a lot of great things coming down the pike with uh, the performing shit, you know? Um, looking into starting up my own room. I gotta go do um, some uh, work on that today. Go out there and pound the pavement, see if I can trick some asshole into hiring me. Um, working on little new bits for the podcast and stuff, and just trying to take it day by day. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be talking to you soon. You go out and have a great day. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.